This is ContraZoom. Where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault. And I'm Rachel Ho. On today's episode, we are reacting to the just-announced 94th Academy Award nominations. The awards are going to be handed out on March 27th, so we have plenty of time to really dissect all the different movies and talk about them and who we think is going to win, how it's all going to shake out. But today, we're just looking at the nominations, what our gut reactions are, who we're happy for, who we're sad about, who should have been there, who shouldn't have been there, all this sort of exciting stuff. Uh, and I'm really excited because I love Oscar season. You know, every year I do uh, a series breaking down who I think is going to win each of the the nominations based on the best picture nominees. That's always a, a fun little thing. I've I've started to bring on more different guests and not just do solo episodes because solo episodes are really hard to do. Uh, I know you're not as big into the Oscars as I am, Rachel, but are you still somewhat excited about after seeing uh, this nomination list come out? Uh, yes and no. I, I like, I'm not as big on the Oscars as you are, like you said, but I do, I like, I, even though I, like, I don't agree with the Academy probably nine out of 10 times, I still get swept up into it. Like, it's very easy to get swept up into it. I think if you like movies, even if you look at it and think that's bull, it's very difficult to ignore it and not kind of take part in it like a sporting event in a sense like it is it is the movie's version of the super bowl which is coming up as well um but yeah i and in terms of this year's list i haven't actually been that big on the movies of 2021 i'm completely honest uh there's been some really cool ones but i don't know if there's any movie in the list that i'm absolutely like absolutely enamored with Maybe Dune can come close to that, but even Dune, like I, I love it, but I, I'm not as in love with it, maybe as other people are. Yeah, uh, that's that's fair. We're we're both very into sports as well, so like I get how we can kind of parlay sporting term there uh, our interest in sports and sort of see how it <laughs> overlaps with movie stuff like that. I know a lot of people look at Oscars mm-hmm. and like, how do you quantify art? How do you how do you give an award out for yeah. for a movie and all that sort of stuff? That because it's so subjective, but it, it's it's all in good fun. I know the Oscars are silly, but I do take them super seriously. And you know what? If people want to judge me for that, I'm completely fine with that. I think we should probably stop judging people for things that they like. People you know like You're it, absolutely right. like it. It is. It's frivolous. And I think that anybody who's really into, like you just said, you're really into the Oscars, but you know, it's silly. It's, but who cares? Like, so is watching grown men throw a football around. Like it is silly, but (laughs) it's fun, like whatever. So let enjoy people or let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. Yeah. Well, all that said, let's, let's maybe dive into a little bit. I'll start off with uh, listing movies that had the, the most nominations and we'll sort of like, before we get into the nitty gritty of the actual individual categories, we'll just sort of get our thoughts on that so leading the pack was power of the dog with 12 dune got 10 belfast and west side story got seven king richard got six don't look up drive my car and nightmare alley got four and then a whole bunch of movies with three and then a few with two and then of course a whole bunch of movies with just one so looking at that what are your general thoughts are you are you surprised the fact that power of the dog dune belfast and west side story were sort of like the big four no i think if kind of leading up into it looking at the other awards um the other award shows it was pretty obvious that i think those were going to be the big movies that got in um power of the dog reminds me of and actually i you know shout out to Brody cottenham who said this it reminds him of like nomadland in a sense and in the same way that 
it's been held up from in the award season. It, they're very similar. Like they're kind of slow burn, very, very beautiful movies. Um, I didn't personally connect with either of them very much. Uh, Coda is probably the one that um, I'm most excited by just because I think it's different. And I think it's kind of cool that it got in because, uh, you know, I don't know if it would have been a movie that say 10 years ago, people would have had too many eyes on. Yeah, I wonder how much last year's ceremony where the the big the big studio pictures were issued for smaller ones by virtue of the fact that there were no big studio releases in, in 2020, so that's how the Oscars reflected. And we got stuff like uh, Promising Young Woman and Sound of Metal and stuff like that. We're able mm-hmm. to kind of get in and really get some great awards attention that they deserved. I wonder if there's a bit of carryover this year where it's like, hey, you know what? We don't have to nominate Spider-Man No Way Home for Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's I mean, that's that's an argument a lot of people are making about the Oscars of that, like, you know, quote unquote, being un, un, not un, out of touch. Right. Like Spider-Man is by far the biggest movie of last year. It made how much money has it made now? It's incredible. Huh. Like, I think it's, it's, are it's they, pretty close. It's like are they over the million. two billion uh, worldwide. Oh, I think so. Yeah. 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 So it's the biggest movie of the year and it got what the visual effects award. I think it just got the VFX award mm-hmm. or oh, nomination. I shouldn't say the award. It just got the nomination. Um, and I mean, I've seen some people on Twitter saying like, has the Oscars become maybe a little bit more art house than they used to be? Because if you look at the nineties of the time that we grew up watching the Oscars, you know, it was big movies like, you know, the Titanic's the, mm-hmm. as good as it gets. Um, Jerry Maguire, like those kind of movies that were very popular at the time when they came out. And, Even stuff like uh, yeah, sorry, Braveheart and Dances with Wolves mm-hmm. were still pretty big box office hits too. And so now it kind of feels like, or not now, but I should say it's been kind of a slow progression over the years of it being a bit more cinephile Um and definitely last year's to your point about what happened with the Oscars last year, like it's definitely progressed that a little bit as I think, you know, COVID did that to a lot of things, but um, this probably being one of the most insignificant, but you know, it, it just moves it along a bit faster almost. And yeah, this year, I mean, there's a lot of, you always hear the people being like, I haven't heard of any of these movies. Like there's so many people on my timeline who I follow for like, baseball reasons and things like that and they're just like what are these movies what that what is a power of a dog like what are you guys <laughs> talking about with this um and i can't blame them like they're not they're not the big big movies of last year um and just in terms of what were people talking about and um what were people actually going to watch but then you can also argue because last year was still a bit wonky in terms of what was open cinemas closing different parts of the world and things like that um, the only movie I can really think of that was a huge, huge buzz was Spider-Man, really. I don't know if anything else really got into the zeitgeist as much as that. Dune would probably be the closest, I would oh, say. Oh, Dune, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Dune, I, I did find people who weren't even into like sci-fi or anything like that. They were kind of like, what is this movie that everyone's talking about? So fair yeah. enough, yeah, Dune, Dune did a good job of that too. Yeah, I think it probably uh, helped that. It was based on a very, very popular book from the 60s and 70s. And then, of course, I think a lot of people probably remember, uh, older people probably remember the the 84 version, the David Lynch one. So I think there's there's enough name recognition there. They're like, hey, I know what Dune is. Yeah, but then you have something like 
the eyes of Tammy Faye, which I know only got nominated for like a couple things, I think, but like yeah. that was even at, it, during TIFF, like that became nothing. So it, it's an, int- like, I, I think it would be interesting for the Academy to like have a bit, maybe a bit more balance and go back to kind of the nineties where the big movies that were enjoyed, but then it, it also it might just be a reflection of the kinds of movies that the general population is watching these days. Like, it's just, it's not the same kind of prestige drama, if you want to call it that, are coming out anymore. Those movies aren't getting made. Like, I doubt a Jerry Maguire could get made today. Well, if it did, it wouldn't be the highest grossing movie of the year. It would be, you know, like an A24 type of thing where it would make, you know, $20 million and that's it. Yeah. And then head to streaming. Yeah, which, you know, we, we sort of talked about this in our uh, end-of-the-year wrap-up episode about what were the biggest movies of the year, and you look at the types mm-hmm. of movies that are now the biggest movies, and it's all either, you know, sequels or reboots or s- side quills, whatever you want to call, like, spinoff sort of things, <laughs> uh, or, like, based on already existing IP, but then, yeah. you know, it, it, it's always shocking to me when I look at, like, even the 90s, look at like what the, the 10 highest grossing movies of the year were, and it just like boggles my mind. Or like how something like uh, Three Men and a Baby was the highest grossing movie the year it came out. Like that, that just shocks me that something like that was the highest grossing movie. And we just don't get these uh, big budget, high prestige, you know, types of movies that would appeal to a mass audience that are at least, I don't want to say completely original because, you know, if it's based on a book or a play or something like that, like obviously there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like, well, how about another Jurassic world or how about another MCU movie? And that's all people are going to go and see in the theaters. For some reason, one movie that sticks out to me a lot, like um, on this topic is the talented Mr. Ripley. I don't know why I always think about it as it's such a good movie. The talented Mr. Ripley. And it did really, it did pretty well, like when it came out and it had now three kind of quite name brand stars, like, you know, Matt Damon. And although I think that might've been one of Damon's earlier movies. It was, it was, yeah. Um, But Gwyneth Paltrow and Jude Law were already kind of name-ish. They were like up and comers, you know, like there, there was like a, a hint to them at that point. And a movie like that today, it would literally go direct to streaming, wouldn't yeah. it? Like it, I don't even think something like that could make it into a box office. And it would be one of those movies that people go, what is this talented Mr. Like, who's Mr. Ripley? Like, what the hell yeah. are you guys talking about? Which is a shame because it's such, it is, and it, like, obviously from back then, it's like, it's such a good movie. And I, I would consider it maybe not a classic, but it is one that I think it doesn't, it transcends the time. Like, it's not just, oh, it was only enjoyable in the 90s. It's still enjoyable today. It's still a really great movie. And I think for those three, especially considering how many movies they've done, I think those are three, like for all three of them, that movie is up at the top of their yeah. lists um, for what's their best films. And that that's kind of a shame. And that was, I that I believe too, was pretty heavily awarded by the Academy as well. It got, it got a bunch of nominations, but I don't think it won uh, anything other than maybe screenplay. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's sort of maybe go through some of the the bigger categories, and we'll get our general thoughts on it. Obviously, the first one and the biggest is Best Picture. Uh, we've got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Overall, I look at this list, and based on what I was seeing from precursors and predictions and all that sort of stuff, it mostly makes sense. There's obviously a few little surprises. One, I think the biggest is Drive My Car doing as well. I think a lot of people were really hoping that it would make the the best picture list. 
But I think a lot of people were sort of hesitant to like really go all in on that prediction because people would be like, well, Parasite made it. Well, Parasite was a bit of a lightning in a bottle yeah. situation. Is that going to be a regular occurrence where we're going to get an international film where, to put it bluntly, uh, no-name actors to Hollywood uh, as the lead sort of thing? Would that make mm-hmm. the cut? And so I think that's a very pleasant surprise and one that people are pointing to the Academy of being like, hey, good job on, you know, it isn't just, you know, about Dune and West Side Story. You do have room for movies that don't come from Hollywood that can make it in. I think she, I, there was a lot of talk about the worst person in the world and that came from Norway. Mm-hmm. That getting a nomination as well. Like there was actually a good amount of discussion about that. And I think it's an interesting spot for the Academy to be in now because, I mean, to borrow a quote from Bong Joon-ho when he called the Oscars, like a local festival, like it's very local. And the Oscars are meant to be a Hollywood award show, not an international award show. Like that is, it is a little bit different. So I think there is room for them to say, hey, we, we want to be something that represents cinema internationally speaking like the cinema at large not just what we make in our backyard and i think parasite obviously i mean movies before that have kind of um opened that door as well but parasite was probably the really big one because it actually won i don't know if drive my car is going to win this year um probably not but i think it's it's encouraging i think it's pretty cool like i said i like that coda got included um I think the only one that I really wasn't happy with and I was a bit prepped that it was going to be in there was don't look up. I really didn't like that movie. Yeah. There there's definitely no real surprise that I end up getting in. The Academy seems to really be all in on the Adam McKay bandwagon after yeah. vice. Um, there was, you know, a little surprises stuff like tick, tick, boom, not being in there. Despite the fact that I wasn't a fan mm, of yeah. being the Ricardos, I thought that it probably had a shot to get in there. And then, you know, there, there's probably a, a few others that I think nightmare alley was probably a bit of the surprise that it did get in as well. The lost daughter also looked like it could potentially get in. Um, yeah, I, I think those are the main ones that were really truly in contention. Maybe House of Gucci as well, which I think that's a completely different thing is how shockingly poor House of Gucci did overall, only getting a hair and makeup nomination. But uh, but yeah, I, I look at this list, I'm like, that's kind of what I expected, obviously, with a few surprises, but they weren't like completely left field off the board surprises. They were like, oh, these are probably like the 11 through 13 movies that have a chance. Same. I completely agree with that. I think the one that I really was hoping for, but I mean, you reminded me too, it was very much so a long shot was Flea because I was Mm. hoping it would get all four of like the animated international documentary and best picture because I thought that that could be really cool. Yeah, that would. would It's fine. You have to settle for only being a uh, record holder for having the three nominations that it has. Yeah, whatever. Fine, (laughs) fine. But I think, well, I think like logic says, I know it's a ranked ballot, so it's not, there isn't a lot of logic that can be applied, um, which we'll get into later. But, you know, if you're going to nominate a movie for all of those kind of subcategories, shouldn't it therefore be then it is just an overall good, like one of the best pictures of the year then. Yeah. But I digress. It's fine. fine. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The the way the Oscars work for the, the actual nomination period is the individual branches nominate. So yeah. so it's actually sort of surprising that Flea showed up on all three because that meant that the documentary branch, the animation branch, and uh, whoever is on the international one uh, all voted for it 
sort of independently. Or his best picture because is it everywhere. was one of the best pictures of the year. That's why I guess so. Just, just putting it out there. Moving on to the best director category, which basically sort of takes the best picture category and shows us who the real contenders are. And we've got Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Uh, I apologize if I say this incorrectly. Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. And Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Obviously, I think the biggest news is Jane Campion becomes the first two-time nominated woman in the Best Director category. She was the second woman ever nominated back for the piano in 92. And I believe she is now the sixth woman ever nominated, which... Always frustrating so that this, this happens. Um, <laughs> but congratulations to her for being the first two-time nominee. Yes. Hopefully now yes. the Academy isn't doesn't have to be precious about it. Of like, oh, who is going to be the one that's worthy to be the second, the first two-time nominee? <sighs> that's really annoying. I didn't know that, actually. I didn't know that she was only the... Yep. I guess it makes sense because there have only been literally a handful. Like, you know, like yeah, well, literally one and- handful. <laughs> Um, one handful plus one finger. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's very frustrating. But um, I'm going to go into my rant about why Denis Villeneuve wasn't <laughs> nominated. I mm-hmm. think that's ridiculous. Like, the floor is yours. Well, I mean, going back to what I was saying about like the logic, and I understand the individual branches are voting, but literally every Dune got a nomination in every category that it could have with the exception of directing and acting. It didn't receive any acting awards, but I don't think that, like, I kind of agree with that. I don't know if anybody's performance in that. The only person I thought maybe was Charlotte Rampling. I thought maybe she could have gotten something, but, you know, I, I was a bit more excusable, whatever, because it was an ensemble piece, and I don't know if, um, I don't know if any one person really stood out, so that's cool. But all of the technical awards... Dune got something in every one of those. And I'm pretty confident it will do like a pretty decent job on the actual night of getting not all of them. I I doubt it's going to get all of them, but I'm sure it'll it'll pick up a few and then it gets best picture. So the idea that for some reason, the one person who was in charge of this entire movie doesn't also get recognized is so incredibly frustrating to me. Um, I love Denis Villeneuve. I've said it before on here. I'm a big fan of his. So I was really, really hoping. I just think it's set, it's like the most egregious snub for the entire award season is that to me. And I know it doesn't mean anything. He's still a great director, but it's still annoying. Yeah, it's it's so weird. The Academy isn't fully on board with him. Like other than Blade Runner 2049, the rest of his movies haven't really gotten the no. Academy attention. Obviously, Arrival, I think, got a visual effects nomination, but that was it if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Which is also uh, ridiculous. because It was, yeah. Amy Adams should have won that year, frankly, but that's beside the Absolutely. point. Um, but, you know, like, Sicario didn't get anything. Prisoners didn't get anything. I think Ensemble was a best foreign language film back in the day when that came out. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, Blade Runner 49 was the first time his movies were actually sort of acknowledged by the Academy. And even then, it, it, it was sort of like, a, we like the technical aspects of it basically. And it sort of seems the same way where they're like, we like the technical aspects of it, even though they're not seem to be fully on board with him. So it's, it's a weird thing that I'm not too sure what to make of it. It's almost, I mean, you could argue the same for Christopher Nolan as well. You know, his movies have true very famously not gotten recognized. And 
back to the point that we were talking about right at the top of the movies that have been discussed the most, you know, like a movie like Inception is still talked about quite often and still enjoyed by people. And that movie's, I mean, 12 years old now, which is insane. But, you know, he didn't get anything for that. I think it got nominated for Best Picture, if I'm not mistaken, Inception. But I, it, he didn't get anything for it. And like The Dark Knight, the, that trilogy, like it kickstarted the whole whole other thing in the in the movie world and you know nolan didn't get that any nolan does i feel like nolan villeneuve i was gonna say scorsese because even scorsese didn't get win anything until quite late in his career which is bad no he was, he was a frequent many... nominee but yeah he didn't he didn't win yeah but he didn't win yeah and you're true it. like it, he did at least get recognized for it though um but it is, it's just, it's, I don't know what they have against Denis. I don't know why they hate French Canadians. I'm sure that's, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Yeah, we have Canadians have reasons to hate French Canadians, not the Americans. <laughs> why do they hate French Canadians? No, we have Alberta for that. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is all jokes, everyone. Um, yeah, so it's, it is a, it is an interesting category. It, it really sort of looks like it narrows down power of the dog and Belfast are probably mm-hmm. the two main contenders for best picture West side story, maybe being uh, the tertiary one there, but definitely great to see Hamaguchi get in for drive my car. That definitely seemed like a long yeah. shot because it looked like Denis Villeneuve was probably the lock to get in for that. Uh, and then if you want to go other things that the Academy liked, maybe Adam McCabe or don't look up or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> something else like obviously i thought ridley scott maybe had a shot for for house of gucci but clearly the academy did not like that movie um i don't know yeah maybe maybe i'm blanking on his name uh the guy that did king richard him or guillermo del toro for nightmare alley i don't know but yeah it, it's a pleasant surprise that hamaguchi got it a little head scratching yeah. that villeneuve didn't get in I would have taken PTA out and thrown in Villeneuve for that. And that might just be my own bias against PTA and for Villeneuve, but I don't know. I, I feel like what he did was pretty spectacular and what Licorice Pizza, I mean, to be completely fair, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really comment too much on it, but it does just seem more of, you know, a very typical PTA movie. All right. <laughs> uh, let's just move saying. On. Of course, yes. Uh, let's move on to the best actor, which we've got Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, and Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for Tragedy of Macbeth. I think, obviously, the biggest sort of red flag for this is Javier Bardem getting in for being the Ricardos, which I think is just a complete <laughs> shock. I don't, like, I don't know how the rest of film world is reacting to this but i did not see this at all the other four seemed like they were pretty much locks to to get in as far as who maybe else could have gotten in i know there is talk about leonardo dicaprio for don't look up bradley cooper for for nightmare alley uh, adam driver for house of gucci i obviously would have loved to see simon rex for for red rocket but that was never happening to begin with but yeah, what do you think of Javier Bardem making it? Um, I'm gonna throw in also Peter Dinklage for, for Siriano. Uh, yeah. I know that. Yeah, he was getting um, Siriano. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking Siriano, the George Clooney. Movie. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, he he was getting a little bit of heat for it, um, like a little bit of attention there. But 
I don't know why I wasn't that surprised. Um, not because I think that Javier Bardem was particularly good. I actually, I really didn't like being the Ricardos. Um, I don't know what him and Kidman both. I don't think either of them really deserve to get any acting nomination, but I think the only reason I wasn't that surprised was because he got nominated for something else. I think the SAG award, I think he something got nominated like that. Yeah, for probably. that. Yeah. And so that's why when I saw that, that one surprised me. The first award that I saw he got nominated for, I was like, wait, what? It didn't even seem like a, like a possibility that he would get any acting nominations or any kind of, any heat towards his name for it but after i saw that nomination i went oh interesting so there are people who i mean other actors assuming who think that he is deserving to be in there so i don't know i i don't agree with it either though personally i think i mean i'm with you on the simon rex thing i think that he should have gotten in but i think that was a very 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 much so a long shot nicholas cage as well for pig yeah Um, some people thought that maybe he would get in but you know, that would have been really cool to see actually Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I think Nicolas Cage has too many enemies <laughs> in Hollywood that it would probably would never happen. And if there was a time for it to happen, it would be for Pig, which is which is a damn yeah. shame. Uh yeah, being the Ricardos is a movie that I'm both surprised that it did as well as it did and surprised it didn't do better. Like I'm surprised it didn't get like um into best picture or into one of the screenplays uh, original screenplay i assume like i'm surprised that screenplay yeah i thought i thought because because it's sorkin Sorkin. yeah yeah so i just kind of thought he would get in too but But then i'm surprised that javier bardem and we're gonna get to it jk simmons (laughs) both got in see if you said to me the of the four leading or the four main roles who would you put in i would put jk simmons and apologies i can't remember who the supporting actress was in that but i would say those two over heavier bardem and nicole kidman yeah because i think that they were better like they were just more interesting and i I also really like jk simmons so but i'm not to say i don't like javier bardem i really like javier bardem but i don't know if he was particularly great as ricky ricardo <laughs> it's so tough because i i didn't mind any of the four main performances i, I especially like jk simmons much like you but mm-hmm. i th- I thought the movie was so bad that it's it's really yeah. hard for me to acknowledge a good performance in a bad movie it's true yeah i i completely get that and sometimes so i mean the um this is a movie last year that i'm thinking of the billy holiday one with Audrey oh yeah Day. yeah you know, she was great in it, but the movie wasn't good. And so it, it I agree, like, it is kind of hard to see past a bad movie because, and it's very rare to be able to have that happen where it's like the movie is, I'm not going to go as far as say as Ricardo's is total crap, but it was not a great movie. And yeah, it's weird that for not a great movie, three of the actors get nominated. <laughs> I mean, this is obviously all in our own opinion. Um, on the more positive side though, I was very happy to see Denzel Washington. I know that it, maybe it's not that surprising to see Denzel Washington get nominated for an Academy Award for Macbeth, but, um, I don't know. I kind of felt like maybe he was getting a little bit lost in the shuffle there because he doesn't really do the campaigning or anything like that because he's Denzel. He doesn't need to do that, but I was very, very happy to see that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, I, that was probably, I think... Between him and Simon Rex, but I I've, was very much so enamored with uh, Denzel's performance as Macbeth. So that was probably my favorite like male performance of the year was his. 
Yeah, I went. I I loved it too. And if if it didn't make the cut, I I wouldn't be completely shocked. Just because A twenty four also yeah. was doing a pretty terrible job at campaigning this year for their movies. So if they're like, well, just not enough people saw Tragedy of Macbeth, I'd be like, well, all right, I, I, that sucks. That's dumb of them. But I understand how that ended up happening. And yeah. if someone else got in, but yeah, the fact that it got in, I'm very happy about it. It looks like it's probably either Benedict Cumberbatch or Will Smith's award to lose. Which, hmm. oh man, Will Smith is going to go so hard in campaigning this season, which is frustrating yeah. that a lot of the time who ends up winning is who does the best job campaigning. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like those are the two that I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on. I think, actually, that's not true. I think Benedict was very good in Power of the Dog. Like, I think he was good. I'm just not crazy about the movie, but. <laughs> it's kind of the same like you know like the nomadland comparison like i i wasn't big on the movie but i can see why francis mcdormand gets in like it makes sense yeah um and so yeah benedict i can i could i i would be very happy with him winning and like i'm sure we'll get to the supporting actor but like jesse plummins as well i'm a big fan of his yeah so let's move over to the actress then we've got jessica chastain for the eyes of tammy faye olivia coleman for the lost daughter penelope cruz for parallel mothers Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos and Kristen Stewart for in Spencer. There's, there's two kind of big surprises. I would say one, and both of them, I would say are, are, are very positive. The first one being Penelope Cruz for parallel mothers. I know a lot of people were really hoping for this movie to get in. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I'm very excited to, because I love Pedro Almodovar. A lot of people were really hoping for it to get in. And it sort of seemed like she's probably the number six. She, like something's going to really have to go her way in order for her to get in. And it seems like something did go her way and that she got in. And the other one was Kristen Stewart who, you know, film Twitter favorite actress of the year. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> love that. Everyone loved that movie. It really seemed as the, the weeks were kind of coming up to this award nomination that she was really losing a lot of steam. And like, there was a lot of articles coming out of like, um, you know, anonymous ballot voters being like, I just don't like Kristen Stewart. I'm not voting for her sort of thing coming out. And a lot of people just really didn't get this movie. Like there's almost no dialogue in large chunks of it. It's it's very much a, a port, an imagined portrait of someone that we think we know, but don't really know. So it really messes with a lot of people's heads. If you go and be like, oh, it's going to be like the crown, but a movie, it's not, it's not at all. So I'm personally happy that Kristen Stewart got nominated, but she was definitely a bit of a uh, sort of teetering on the edge. Maybe Kristen Stewart doesn't get in. What, what are your thoughts on, you know, Cruz and Stewart getting in and maybe the overall category? So Kristen Stewart, the funniest thing to me was like, I, I like Spencer more than I thought I would. Um, I think I said in a really early episode, like I wasn't, it wasn't one that I was particularly looking forward to, but I ended up quite enjoying it. Um, maybe because my expectations were pretty low, but as the, like the weeks were going on and she just wasn't. And like, I, I saw the same things you did of people saying like, I just don't like her. And I was like, that's not a good reason not to nominate <laughs> like, yeah. a, like a, a good performance. It was a solid performance. And so as time was going, I was like, I'm suddenly rooting for Kristen Stewart because I think it's absolutely nonsense that she isn't getting in. And I know that it, people kind of came up to, it was between her and Lady Gaga for that last spot in the, um, in the nominations and personally I thought Kristen Stewart was better than Gaga in um, for that. So like that made me kind of happy to see like that she did eventually get in. Um, 
but not necessarily because like I was rooting for her from the very beginning. It was more of just as she was getting more and more flack. Um, and I saw some people say, well, she, it's because she's not campaigning. It's because she said she doesn't care about um, awards. And I was like, that like that should have no bearing on yeah. whether or not a performance is good. Uh, in terms of Penelope, I did very recently, just a couple days ago, I saw Parallel Mothers. And I'm so happy she got in because she's phenomenal in it. And I actually do wish the movie got a bit more recognition. I think it only got that and that score i think best score as well um and i think it's a phenomenal movie it's really nice like it's a very very lovely movie and it's it's interesting and it's um sad at times like yeah i i really enjoyed it so i'm quite happy for her i think for me the one um that i was really hoping for even though she had absolutely no traction to her name was jodie comer I really, really wanted mm. her to get in because I thought she was so good in the last duel. And just as Denzel was my favorite male performance of the year, like Jodie Comer was my favorite female performance of the year. I really loved her. Katrina Balfe was another one that I'm actually a little surprised she didn't get in um, for Belfast. I think she would have been considered supporting actress is why. Is she supporting? I, th- I, I think guess, so. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Um, but even then, she still didn't get in, which surprised me. No. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Jodie Comer would would have been my number one. You know, we'll, we'll, I was going to talk about the end, but we'll talk about here as well. Uh, last year, we did this fun exercise where we we came up with if we were Academy voters, who would we vote for? We are going to do this article again this year, uh, and I'm sure Jodie Comer is going to probably be number one on both of our lists with Absolutely. without a doubt because she was so good in that movie. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, it, this is such a chaotic category this year because. There is a lot made of, you know, over the course of all the big precursors, there is no consistent overlap over who the nominees were. It's not like one single performer was winning everything or being nominated for everything. The the SAGs, the BAFTAs, uh, the Golden mm-hmm. Globes, I'm forgetting on some of the other ones. It was just all complete randomness for this category, which is so interesting. Obviously, Jessica Chastain getting in, not a great movie, Eyes of Tammy Faye. Same for Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Both of them are basically in a lot of makeup, performing like someone else in movies that aren't that great. Olivia mm. Coleman, not really a surprise. The Academy really does like her. I really didn't like The Lost Daughter, so I can't. I don't want to um, crap on it too much. But I think the biggest shock to a lot of people was Lady Gaga not getting in for House of Gucci. I think, you know, you say like there was nobody who was consistent throughout. I think Gaga was the closest one to be Probably, consistent. yeah. And yeah, the fact that she didn't make it in is a bit surprising. And I would take Kidman out. I would take Chastain out for, for Gaga or um, Ruth Nega as well. You know, she didn't, um, for passing, she didn't get any. I mean, she didn't have too much traction with her either. I think she had a maybe a SAG or a BAFTA nomination, if I'm not mistaken. Um. But yeah, it's. It, I think Gaga was probably the closest to being the more surefire lock, and she was the one that didn't make it at all, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to Best Supporting Actor. We've got Kieran Hins from Belfast, Troy Kotzer from Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog as well. <clears throat> this is one of the categories I look at, and I'm just like, you know what? I liked all of their performances. I'm I'm pretty happy with how this category shook out. Obviously, you know, 
if I had my way, I'd have a few different people in there, maybe Jamie Dornan in it. Uh, but mm-hmm. overall, I look at it, I'm like, this is this is a good crop of nominees. What do you think? I agree with you. Like there's, like you said, like there's some people. Even I, I love Jamie Dornan, but I actually don't know if I would have put him in. But like someone like Coleman Domingo in Zola. Oh yeah, from Zola. I know Zola is not. It's not like an Oscar movie, but yeah. Um, he was so good in that. And so I'm like, Oh, like that would have been really cool to see him in there. But yeah, like you said, the five, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Like I don't look at it and there's no Nicole Kidman in there. There's no Javier Bardem, but I'm like, what are you doing in this category? Like, I feel like they're all really good performances and Mm -hmm. yeah, they're deserving to be in there. Like it's, I think power of the dog. It doesn't surprise me that they took, I think all the, with the exception of leading actress, I think they, they had something in every category and because it's a really well acted movie, like it's really well done. So it doesn't surprise me that they got two of the five in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This, this is a, this is a group where I look at it and other than, than being the Ricardos, I, I like all the movies. Uh, obviously I know you're not as high on power of the dog, mm-hmm. but uh, it looks like it's probably going to be Cody Smith McPhee's award to lose unless he votes splits maybe Troy Kotzer ends up uh, surprising in winning the award, but I, I would not be shocked if, if Cody Smith McPhee ends up walking away with it. Yeah. I think he's probably the, like if you were going to bet on it, like if you're going to put actual money on it, I, he's the safest one there. Yeah. I, we have nothing really to say about this category. <laughs> Might as well just no. go on to the next one, which is uh <laughs> supporting actress which we've got Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dent from Belfast, Kirsten Dunst from Power of the Dog, and Anjanou Ellis from King Richard. This is this is another kind of interesting category where I think there's a few surprises. As much as I didn't like The Lost Daughter, Jesse Buckley was the only one I really liked yeah, in that movie. Uh, she's yeah. a fantastic actress. It's nice for her to finally kind of get the recognition she deserves because she's been great for a few for a few years now that she's been on the scene. Kirsten Dunst, I I know people were projecting her to get in, but I, I just had a hard time of, of actually seeing her getting in. Same as Jesse Plemons as well. I thought he was a bit of a long shot, but I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that she got in. I really like Judy Dench in Belfast. Obviously, it would have been nice if Katrina Balfe got in as well. It's it's a pretty decent category. There's a few I haven't seen. I haven't seen West Side Story yet, um, so I can't really talk about that. Or, um, no, I guess that's the only one I haven't seen, yeah. But yeah, yeah, what do you same. think of this category? Pretty much the same as you. I mean, I haven't seen West Side Story, but I've heard a lot of great things about um, Ariana DeBose in it. And so I'm sure, like, it doesn't sound like that was a very controversial or surprising um, input there. Uh, yeah, I think Katrina Balfe is the only one that I'm like, I, I wish she had gotten in because I think she was very good. If Belfast only got one, though, yeah, Judy Dench is obviously, she's a good actress. She's, you know, yep. she had a bright career ahead of her as well. <laughs> um yeah. good up and comer. Yeah, uh but yeah, I, I same thing. In the, both of the supporting roles, it's um I find that the I don't know if you agree with this, I think the supporting roles are like stronger this year than the leading. Which you could yeah. argue for many years actually, because supporting characters tend to be a bit more interesting. But um yeah, I, I think for both of the actor and actress in a supporting role, it's not that like there's nothing there to be mad at. Like I'm sure there's things that you, you could throw a few names and be like, Oh, I wish this person got in. But um, in general, there's, it, it would be tough to say who are you going to take out in place of somebody that you think is also deserving to be in there. 
Yeah, I, I would even say something like I hate the movie King Richard. I thought Angela Newellis was was quite good in that movie. Oh, she's very good. Um, yeah. Obviously, I have problems with the the whole script. So this this is one of the times where, as we were mentioning earlier, it's hard to fully uh, appreciate a good performance in a bad movie or a movie you don't like. This is one of the times where I can appreciate her performance and really not like the movie. She's great in it. Like I was um, texting you while I was watching it, um, and <laughs> she was the one that I was, you know. That stood out coming the back most to it, yeah. To me. Yeah, because she was she was just so good, and um, it's kind of funny that you know I I had only really heard Will Smith's name about King Richard, like he was overshadowing all of the people in the movie, and I mean the movie itself almost. And it's interesting to see like she played like there's a bit of a mirror to reality where the mom <laughs> of Serena and Venus genuinely was overshadowed by Richard yeah. Williams as well. So, by Will Smith. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of poetic. It's not justice, but just poetic symmetry there. Well, it would be poetic justice if she ends up winning and Will Smith loses. <laughs> God, that'd be amazing. I'd actually go for that. I, I, I don't, I don't have as big of a gripe against Will Smith like you do, but it is getting a bit much. His, uh, his very, I don't like it when actors are very clearly trying to get an Oscar. I find it a bit tacky and I do, I think he kind of gave up on it for a little while, but when he does it, it just is so obvious that he's just like gunning for an Oscar and you're just kind of yeah. like, dude, stop it. Like, mm. I, I don't like it when people do that. Especially since it bugged me watching King Richard. I know we're not really supposed to be re- reviewing the movies here, but it bugged me when he's doing this ridiculous voice affectation <laughs> and then you see the real Richard in the end credits and he sounds nothing like that. And I'm just like, where are you getting this voice from? He doesn't do that. Well, I said, I said this to you while I was watching, which is I've heard Will Smith do that voice before. And it's when he does interviews or so, or like even I've heard him do it on Fresh Prince. I've heard him do it. Like he does that accent when, or that voice when he's making fun of somebody like he's just kind of trying to be funny like and i i don't i wish i actually did try to find a clip um to send it to you but it's quite difficult to find a clip for for something that specific um but he does that voice and then he added like a bit of a maybe a bit more gravelly kind of texture to the to the voice to make it sound um older because he is uh, i think richard's slightly older than is he actually now that i think about it maybe not maybe it is about the same age um but yeah it but it's it's a voice that when i heard him speak i was like i've heard this voice a million times from will smith and he does it as a joke like when he's just trying to make light of something Mm. and it's weird that he's using this to play richard williams yeah Moving on to random categories, uh, a, a few thoughts that kind of pop up into my head. Best animated feature was probably the easiest category I've ever predicted with Encanto, Flea, yeah. Luca, Mitchells on the Machines, and Ryan the Last Dragon. Those seem to be the only animated movies this year that made any sort of positive buzz. Uh, uh, looking over at international feature, it looked like this was going to be the most crazy dominant year by you know, well-respected world-renowned auteurs and, and I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really talk about it, but I am uh, seeing that Lunana Ayak in the classroom from Bhutan got in over a hero 
which is an Asghar Farhadi movie. Asghar Farhadi has won this category twice before for uh, a separation and a salesman. And somehow he misses for a hero, which I watched it and it blew my mind. Such a beautiful, amazing film. I have no idea how he missed in this category, but otherwise this is a very stacked category with drive my car, flee hand of God and the worst person in the world. I was quite surprised as well. I thought a hero was going to get in. There's also a Taiwanese movie called the fall um, yes. that was doing really, really well. And I, I thought that might get in as well. So, but the Lunana movie, I was curious about it because it's not often you see Bhutan pop up in this category. Like it's, they're not, I think it's uh, their first nomination ever. I think. Yeah. And so I look, I looked up the movie and it's made in 2019, actually this movie. Really? And it, yeah. And so they had submitted for last year's Oscars but something happened like there was i believe it was along the lines of bhutan didn't have an oscars selection committee set up properly and so because it was like on a technicality that the film got disqualified for last year therefore they resubmitted it for this year so i don't know if that kind of helped it because it was on the radar of the voting committee like the larger voting committee but then they had to disqualify it off of the technicality um but i found that really interesting that because when i looked up i was like oh, this is a 2019 movie like which feels like a million years ago at this point um <laughs> yeah. but yeah i just i thought that was interesting and i i saw this movie playing at it might have been sundance that just passed and i'm kicking myself now for not picking it because i did want to watch it but then I think the timing or something like that, I, I could have made it work, but it would have been a bit annoying, but I really wish I'd watched it now. Um, yeah. Cause it's it just, yeah. Bhutan, it's not a place that I typically think of for film. And so that always makes me interested in a movie. If it's a country that you're like, oh, I didn't even know they really had like a, a big enough film industry that you could submit something to the Oscars and it would be, you know what I mean? Like I, that sounds yeah. kind of um, condescending, but I, I don't mean it that way, but yeah, I, I, I find that interesting, but the fact that a hero didn't get in, I was rooting for the fall because I, I actually really like that movie. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I think international feature was one of the more competitive categories this year. Kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few others that were, I think, uh, in contention, stuff like compartment number six or I'm your man. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, there, there, there's quite a few that like really high profile ones. And, and it sort of seems that normally in a given year, there's only like one or two movies that, the, that's the amount of pie that they're given in sort of the, the North American Hollywood sphere of we'll pay attention to you this year, whether it's, you know, it's Parasite <laughs> or Drive My Car or something like that. And they're like, that's all you get, international film community. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it seemed like this year there was a lot of really high profile films from high profile filmmakers that were, were making big waves, which I always I mean, love it's to even, see. Yeah, it's lovely. It's like even to say some, a movie like um, Titan, which was yeah, even, too. I would say kind of like the general public knew about it because people just kept talking about this wacky movie. It, it wasn't even um, France's selection in the end, I believe. I can't remember. No, it was France's it was. selection. It just didn't make, uh, they had released, the Oscars had released their long list or I guess their short list of the 15 mm-hmm. final films that were in contention in France's pick, which was Titan, didn't make the cut. But are there any other categories you sort of want to give a, a, a quick mention about cinematography i would like to draw some attention there simply because um i can go over the 
nominees, which was Greg Frazier in Dune, uh, or I'll just say the movie name, Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. And the reason I found this interesting was because I really thought The Green Knight would get in. <laughs> which, oh, that would be so nice. Because it was, I mean, my opinions about the movie aside, like I, it was a beautiful movie and I'm kind of shocked it didn't get in. But saying that, I look at the nominees I don't know which one I would have taken out, to be honest. Like they all, it seems like a pretty stacked category and a very solid list. Um, but I, I am a little surprised the Green Knight didn't get in. But maybe it's like what you said, where A24 just didn't do a great job of campaigning for their movies. And Green Knight came out in August, July, something like that. So it was a little mm-hmm. bit, a little while ago now. Um, but that that was one category I was a little bit, not surprised by, I shouldn't say surprised because I don't know if Green Knight really had that much traction going into it, but um, it's one of those funny categories where similar to the supporting actor ones, it's such a good list of nominees. And I don't know who I would have taken out in place of Green Knight, but Green Knight was also beautiful. I'll say Zola as well. Although um, Ari Wagner was the DP for that and she got in for power of the dog. So there you go. Yeah, there, there could have been maybe some other stuff. I know Belfast was in contention, which I think a lot of people mm, yeah. have been a little mad about. Yeah. Um, there was, oh, shoot, I just had one on the tip of my tongue and, I'm, uh, and I've already forgotten about it. So I, I can't say what my other pick would have been. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, is, it is a very strong category and, and you're absolutely right. Uh, so they, they did a good job, I think, of picking high profile movies that like are actually lauded for their cinematography. Oh, Spencer, that was it. Spencer could have I think yeah. could have gotten in as well. But like Spencer was one know, I was surprised it didn't get the um costume as well. I mean, I, oh, I know it costume. really should have. Yeah. It's very surprising cuz like the, the it was great. Like it was very period appropriate and they had different like street clothes plus gowns and things like that. But anyways, there's literally an entire sequence in Spencer of her wearing different beautiful dresses. Yeah. I mean, Gucci, they, did they get in for styling? They must've. No, only for hair and makeup. That's all. That's a kick in the nuts for a movie that has the word Gucci in it. Like, (laughs) my God. Yeah. Um, Also, sorry. I just want to say for the international feature, when I was saying that Titan was the, wasn't the front, I realized the movie I was thinking about was parallel mothers. Because oh, it didn't yes, end that was another high-profile one, yeah. Yeah, and it didn't end up being Spain's entry, which surprised me. Um, but that was the movie I was thinking about, yeah. Yeah, Spain has a weird thing with Pedro Almodovar. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's because a lot of the times, the, the the countries that choose the movies, it's a very small group of individuals. It's like four or five people that basically decide what is our pick this year. And mm-hmm. I, I've heard you know, whisperings and rumors that whatever it is, Pedro Amadovar has beef with Spain's selection committee, whoever is on that committee, and they never hmm. select them. And it's funny, though, that even though those committees or that selection committee isn't picking his films, they are still getting nominated for yeah. other categories like around like that's quite telling, I think that, yeah, there's obviously something else going on there. Yeah, That's really interesting. Going, I didn't was know Spain's that. pick for for international film, but yeah, there's been there's been several other times where his movies have gotten nominations for stuff like screenplay for for different acting nominations, mm-hmm. and it has not been Spain's pick. It's funny how that. That's the thing with like award shows, and I think that's what kind of 
um, takes me out of it a little bit is that even though, like you said, how do you quantify a movie or a performance? You know, it's, it's not like sports in that way. You, there, there's no points. There's nothing like that. It is very subjective, but the fact that a lot of political stuff gets in the way and people, whether or not they like an actress as an individual, like that's very annoying to me that those kinds of things play into, I mean, it's just human nature, but I think that's what kind of disengages me a little bit from, from the Oscars and not, treating it as I guess I mean it shouldn't be treated as the be all and end all but I think that's what kind of pulls me away from it a little bit yeah for sure uh I'm gonna have to watch free guy I really didn't want to have to do that but it's nominated for best visual effects (laughs) Oscar nominated free guy that's hilarious yeah as long as it's not Oscar winning free guy I mean visual effects no I've I mean probably going to do I also have an issue with that for visual effects because I don't think any of Marvel's VFX have actually been any good since Endgame, and it's I don't know I thought, what their I problem. The no is. way, Spider-Man No Way Home visual effects was good. But oh they were yeah, well, doing okay. I have the Doctor Strange stuff. It's just they're so Marvel is just like becoming this really fast factory. Like they're just pushing them through and not because they know people are going to watch it regardless i think like if you look at something like the eternals you know the vfx were so bad in that and i don't know how marvel as a company can allow that to be released but again it, it makes money so what do they care um yeah yeah but i think vfx i was surprised though talking about comic books and i don't mean to make this a dc marvel thing but the suicide squad didn't get in for that i'm, I'm very disappointed yeah yeah i thought they should have i think their vfx was better than shang chi at the minimum no time to they're, die. Yeah, their visual cool, effects were much more cool, grounded. Yeah. yeah, and it's just—I don't know. I, I preferred it more. I also just preferred the movie overall more. Um, but no time to die, I thought was a, a good call for VFX as well. Like that was a nice input for that one. I was a little surprised that no time to my, no time to die made the cut because it doesn't have as flashy visuals. Because a mm-hmm. lot of the effects look much more practical, so I'm surprised it made the cut. Which I think, though, I mean, that's kind of Dune. Obviously, is a really big spectacle, but you know, it's got a giant known, worm. Yes, no, like I mean, it obviously has a lot of computer, but like it's known as well. Well, okay. Before I say what I was going to say, VFX is that simply just CGI, or is it just you know visual effects in general? Not necessarily talking about CGI specifically. You know what? I don't think there is a, a, a proper definition because it just says for best visual effects. Visual effects. So if it was for best effects, so things like practical design, I would be all in favor for, for stuff like that. But it, it seems yeah. like the category is best CGI, usually. It has become that, yeah. I think yes. it definitely has become that. But, like, I mean, if we if we take it as just visual effects and the fact that No Time to Die maybe they didn't use as much computer and maybe it is a bit more practical and kind of quiet. Like it is still an action movie that delivered a lot of big things like explosions and that kind of thing. Even, you know, but I I agree with you. I think it is less, it's less CGI for sure. But I I mean, if they want to just award CGI, then they should rename the category. 
Yeah, I you know I would totally be fine for two separate categories of best practical effects and best visual effect, best CGI effects. That'd be interesting. I mean, but I I doubt they're going to do that because they didn't they combine sound at some point. So they did. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to want to split visual now. But I mean, it's a good idea. They, they, I mean, there's plenty of categories they could add and take away, but that's for another day. Yeah. But overall, I'm excited about this. As as I mentioned out, off the top, uh, Contrazoom Pod will be doing uh, breakdowns of all the best picture contenders and the odds that each of them have to win over the next coming weeks. And of course, you and I will be doing our article where we pick our own nominees and we get to put the Academy to shame with our far superior intellectual picks. <laughs> but uh, overall, I'm I'm. I'm excited enough about this. You know, I, I love Oscar season. I think I'm doing pretty pretty well for uh, movies that I need to see. I've seen seven out of the ten best pictures already, and I only have 13 feature films total left to watch. I don't know what my numbers are, but I've been doing pretty all right with them, I think. I'm trying to look at the best picture list right now. What do I still have to watch? Like a few of the movies I wasn't able to watch simply because theaters were closed in Ontario. So something like, yeah, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. Those are the last three that I have, really. Um, and I'll get to them eventually, I'm sure. If Licorice Pizza could go out on the streaming, that would be very helpful as well. Yep. Paul Thomas <laughs> Anderson. Agree. If you're listening, could you please do that? Thank you. Thank you very much, PTA. Appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Rachel, what do you have going on right now and where can people find more of your work? Uh, as always, it's rachelkh.com underscore rachelkh for Twitter and Instagram. I just put out my top 10 list of the year. We're doing our episode in what, two months? Something like, Something that, like that for it, which will probably, I probably will have a, a different list at that point. But as of right now, I put my 10 favorites um, that I enjoyed the most of last year. So you can go check that out. Yeah. So if people want a sneak peek of what probably a, a good chunk of your picks will end up being on yes, the podcast. I'm sure the uh, top five will probably, <laughs> the top five will probably stay the same, but I could see the last five maybe changing up a little bit. Mm. All right. Well, you can follow this show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ContraZoomPod. And let us know what you think of the Oscar nominations. Send an email to ContraZoomPod at gmail.com. Thank you to Eric and Kevin Smale for the theme music and to Stephanie Pryor for the logo design. If you like to listen to podcasts on YouTube, we do post all episodes there too. Thanks for checking us out. Mm-hmm.